This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Feel free to share anything you'd like. All right, anybody? You have the mic. They asked, what if your needs aren't being met? What if a person's needs are not being met? That's where a conversation needs to happen. So I think that what happens with most couples is that when one person's needs stop being met, they oftentimes stop meeting the other person's needs. They, they feel like, I'm not getting what I bargained for, so you're not going to get what you bargained for. And they play this little game of chicken where one person pulls back and then the other person pulls back. And it's, it's a chaval. It's very, it's very sad because if that's, if that's what happens, so then it's very hard to get one person to turn around. It's almost like a game, it's literally a game of chicken. It's like who's going who's gonna to break first and start coming back into the fold and start actually being there for the other person. However, if a couple realizes two things, number one is that you make sure that you never check out of marriage. I think that that's the key. Never, ever check out of marriage. I always say like recess is for fifth grade, sixth grade. Check out. People check out. It means that they, they go, I, this is too much for me. Mama's off, right? I'm hanging up a sign outside the door. I don't look for look. Don't look at me for any, anything to be met right now. Right? What? You disassociate. Very good. That's a good word. They disassociate, right? They go, like, right now, I'm not able to do anything. So if somebody needs it because they're really emotionally hurt, obviously, it's understandable. But a lot of times, unfortunately, people do it because they feel like, well, you're not meeting my needs, so I'm not going to meet your needs. Number one is don't disassociate from a marriage. It's one of the one of the worst things to do because when one person pulls back, the other person will usually respond in kind. So that's number one. And number two is usually you have to realize that if you're ultimately trying to get your spouse to give you your needs, the greatest way to get your needs met is by meeting your spouse's needs. So if you disassociate, you'll almost never get your need, your needs met. You may have proven a point, which is that your spouse didn't give you your needs, but as time goes on, everyone's going to forget who threw the first shot anyways. They're not going to remember who's not giving who what they need. So if a person throws themselves into it and says, okay, listen, I'm going to give you what you need. And now when you're so full, I'm going to have a conversation with you. And one of the greatest tools, I always talk about this, is the idea of channeling, which is that you bring that thing into your marriage. So many couples that I talk to, they, they know what they need, meaning they know what their marriage needs. Let me say it better. They know what their marriage needs. They're like, we know what we need. We know we need to spend time with each other. We know we need to like, you know, put all the distractions aside. We know we need to really like make sure that our schedules are aligned. They know what they need to do. So why don't you do it? Yeah, I'm waiting for my husband to do it. The minute he does it, yeah, I'm, I'm here. 100% I'm on board. The minute he, he like makes the reservation in the restaurant, I'm on board. The minute they do what they need to do, I'm on board. But what about you? Yeah, I, I know, but like, that's not what I want. I don't want to be the one to do it. I want them to be the one to do it. I hear this every day. I hear this from 100 people. Like, I don't want to be the one to do it. I know what needs to be done. I just don't want to be the one to be the one to do it. Why not? If you're so smart and you figured it all out, so why are you not taking the lead on it? The answer is, is because somebody else disassociated from us, it's, it's hurtful. And because our needs are not being met, we're like, in order for you to prove to me that you're fully invested in this, I need you to take like a leap of faith and show me how invested you are, which is very nice in theory, but in practice, it's miserable. It's miserable. You're sitting there waiting for the person to do something that's never going to be done. So throw yourself into the relationship, give the person what they need, Say to them, by the way, I made reservations tomorrow night. We're going out to eat. And, and that's it. You brought into the marriage what your marriage needs. 
I think a lot of people, they, they think that like marriage is almost like a crime scene investigation. Like you have to figure out who did the thing wrong. And then you found the culprit and you hang his picture up on the fridge and you go, we found the guy. He's on the side of the milk carton. He's the one who's responsible. And now what happens? And now you all of a sudden have closure. You don't have closure. You're still miserable, right? And for the last three weeks while you're figuring out that he's wrong and why he's wrong and all the things he didn't give you, you're miserable and he's miserable. So you, by the time you're trying to repair things, it's a hundred times worse than if you actually would have just pulled into your marriage what it needs. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not a secret. I'm not a therapist, right? My model, let's call it a very forward looking model. It's a, a lot of couples when, when I speak to them, they're almost shocked. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing for your spouse tonight? They're like, wait, tonight? Like, what do you mean tonight? I thought like we're going to talk about our childhood. I'm like, no, that's a different model. That's where you're talking about 50 years ago. I'm not here to talk about your childhood. What are you doing tonight? What are you doing to meet your spouse's needs now? And if you do that consistently, you will see a tremendous change. You will see it. It's not a secret. You will see something different because you're doing something different. And a lot of people, their, 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 their brain is telling them, but, but, but somebody did something wrong. So I have to figure out what's wrong. And I have to figure out who did something wrong. I have to know why they did something wrong. And what's the reason? And why is he not showing me? And they're going through all like very smart, logical, emotional steps. But at the same time, they're miserable. Stop being miserable. Start putting into your relationship. Start making sure that your spouse's batteries are full. And then your batteries will be full. I guarantee you your spouse will respond much faster if their batteries are full than if it's on empty. Two people are having an empty conversation it's going to be very hard to get anything from anybody. You disagree with what I'm saying? Tell me. You agree? Okay, good. Okay. 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 Fine. Good. Anybody here want to say something? There's a mic here. Feel free. I'm going to rephrase a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, when there's a lot going on in your life, yeah. and you try to find the time to go out with your spouse and to connect and to make time for each other, yeah. um, then... Great, but then there's times in your life when kids are sick and everything is just so busy. Yeah, and you can't find the time to make time for each other. Okay, um, and then it goes on for months and months and months. And oh then... boy, months and months and months. <laughs> in... Two to three months, um, and then finally, when you get the time to sit down and talk to each other, now you're on you, empty. You have no idea. What to say. Of course, because now you're on empty. You become like two strangers. You know, at months and months and months. I I have a question. During those months and months and months, did did the husband go to work? Did the wife go to work? I'm sure, right? Did the husband have a chavrusa? Did the wife have her friends? Did she go out, you know, to 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 the shul dinner and to the to the school function? They had time for everything else going on in their life except for each other. Oh, you want to tell me no because somebody's mom is like sick, like never like in the hospital, like Lailinu? Okay, fine. So then that's a different story, right? And by the way, usually those people have the strongest marriages. Because they're going through something together and they're like, they're making sure that, that like each other is good. You ever notice couples that are going through real hardship, real hardship? They're always there for each other. No, honey, you go home. No, you go home. No, I'll stay over the night in the hospital. No, I'll stay over. Like they're, they're fighting with each other, each other to give each other, right? It's, it's everybody else who we have a lot going on. So we have a million excuses why we couldn't prioritize each other. You don't have 15 minutes for each other. You, you, you don't have 15 minutes a day to talk to each other. You don't have Shabbos where you don't have all these other things. Yes, of course. If somebody's sick for a day, three days, whatever, fine. Understand you have things going on. That's the time where it's, it's harder. It's more stressful. But the idea that a couple has no time for each other for months is like, 
then then call me i'll tell you how to do time management i'm saying that, that that's it's like it's a basic function of time management it doesn't make any sense what that tells me is that a person has everything else prioritized of course you have a time what's important right everybody has time that's important right it makes that doesn't make any sense to me right uh, that, that a person a person has to find the time i'm saying this is the most important thing in your life then then you'll find time for it if everything else you have time for then this has to become a priority again if somebody literally just doesn't have it so then then they have to figure out why that is if somebody needs help like some people are like literally drowning so then you need help so go get help meaning there's seminary girls that will help you they'll help you cook for shabbos they'll watch your kids you have to but but this is this is this is an essential need this is not something that's like a bonus a person can't get married and be like you know like maybe 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 like if we're really good like we'll find some time for each other no you know what i'm saying it doesn't work that way you don't buy a car like maybe 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 if the car is good i'll go fill it up for gas it doesn't work that way your car is going to die it's going to just sit in your driveway it's not going to work everything in our life is like this we always say like your lawn doesn't water itself your phone doesn't charge itself everything in your life is 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 alive it's tangible if you don't put in it just drains down to zero your relationship is not any different so a person could say all the reasons why they can't and they can't and they can't, but it's usually because they won't. They won't prioritize this person. They won't prioritize the time that the marriage needs. I won't talk about their needs or their spouses, what the marriage needs. And if a couple talks about the marriage, hey, the marriage needs some of our some of our input. The marriage needs some of our time. So then you're having a real conversation. Yes, your marriage is dying. Months and months to not have a real conversation with your spouse. So then how do, you, how do you expect it to work? What's the, what's the recipe here? It's zero plus zero equals zero. There's no chance that that's going to survive. So yes, it has to become a priority. One million percent. I, 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 I hear from people all the time, like, no, you don't realize, like, my job, it's like, I'm like, this is like, really like, it's like, it's like the most important thing you can't imagine. Like, I'm like, fine, very good. So imagine your part, your, imagine somebody's in Hatzalah, right? And they're saving lives. Literally saving lives. You can't get better than that, right? You can't get better than that. But they're spending no time with their children. Let's use children, for example, okay? Because it's a little bit less personal, okay? Could you imagine that a Hatzalah member's child might act out because his father's not around enough? You could imagine that, right? There's a lot of very successful people that their children don't get what they need from them. And what happens? They act out. But but explain this to a nine-year-old child. But your father's in Hatzalah. He's like, it's all very nice. I don't understand what you're saying to me. I just know I'm a child. I have needs. Needs are not being met. I'm going to act out. It, it's zero plus zero equals zero. I'm not getting anything. So a person could have all the reasons in the world why it's not working, but you're talking to a dead phone and grass that's brown and a person who's acting out. It's just zero plus zero equals zero. There's, there's no reason. It's not reasons anymore. It's, 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 it's an excuse. Or it might be a valid reason, but then you have to be honest with your family and say, hi, I'm sorry not fit to get, give anything to anybody. It's just not working. I'm just not able to make a priority of anybody in this family. So therefore, you could expect zero from me. At least be honest with like what we're saying here. But yeah, I don't know. Too harsh? Right. You don't understand it either, right? Then your marriage goes on the back burner? Right. Okay, I'm going to start sending them to you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> right. Okay. That she herself was sick for a few months. I find, no, so that's very understandable. Meaning if a person is literally ill and they cannot give to their spouse, 
that's what I'm saying. That's the exception, right? That is the exception. So then a person like that is completely absolved. Then their spouse has to realize your spouse is sick and that you just change gears, right? There are people who have this during pregnancy or just step, stop. They're sick. In such a case, the, the husband or the wife, they have to understand this is a different, this is a unique situation. The person is physically ill. Your, your expectation of them at this moment is zero. Your relationship just changed. You know how we always say like a marriage is not 50-50, it's 100-100? At this point, it's 100 and zero. And that's how it's going to be until the person gets better. 100%. That's how it is. That, that's for sure. That, that, that's for sure. I'm not, I'm, that's not the person I'm talking about. Okay, I hope this person is not taking this uh, personally. Right? That, that, that person is not expecting anything. If they're really sick, then they're sick. Then there's no question. But when a person has like children or things that it's just like life is overwhelming, the person has to make sure that they are prioritizing on a consistent basis their family. Okay, good. I hope we're still on good terms. Okay. <laughs> Another question. What if you can't meet your spouse's needs because of your own issues not having to do with marriage but with life? That's a very good question. What if a person is not able to meet their spouse's needs because they have their own personal issues which have to be resolved and therefore they're not able to give to their spouse? So the answer is twofold. Number one is get help. A person needs help for their own personal issues. Go get help. Don't be the person who's always saying, yeah, I know I need help, but I'm not going to go get help. And you'll realize as life gets more and more hectic that you never got help. Go get help. Okay. That's number one. Some of the greatest people that I've spoken to ever are people who've been through such in, like very intense traumas or, or, or other things, but they've gotten the help. So therefore they came out the other side. That's number one. And number two is realize that more often than not, you're able to give a lot. You're able to give a lot more than you think. Let me say it that way. You're able to give a lot more than you think. So meaning you may not be able to give on certain levels. You may not be able to give in certain areas, but you are able to give a lot. And in the areas that you are able to give, make sure that you're giving. Does that make sense? I can't read anything from here. So, How does one fix a broken marriage? How does one fix a broken marriage? Okay, so every marriage is different and unique. So I'll give you the basic formula, okay? The basic, the basic formula is that a couple has a conversation with each other and we, what? You got it? Yeah? The couple has a, base, a basic conversation with each other and they say to each other, here's the deal. We would like to live happily ever after. In order to live happily ever after, we need to be in tune to each other. We have to be committed to each other. We have to be dedicated to each other. And we also need to learn the skills that it takes to be happily married. So will you agree that we sit down and either figure it out on our own, which is unlikely, or that we watch some shirim or read a book or speak to somebody, which is probably the best way about this, speak to somebody, and understand the tools that are necessary to put in from here on and celebrate a new anniversary. Literally start factory reset your marriage and start again. And I've seen so many couples married decades that did this and they, there's like a transformation that happens in, in, in the later years. The first 10, 15, 20 years were a dud. And then all of a sudden they transformed and they were like willing to like have a little bit of anivas, let go of a lot of the hurt that they had before and start moving on from there. Uh, you know, I think that one of the milest of people who are younger is that they're more willing to change. Usually, like they're they're 
machnia themselves. If you, you say, hey, you did something wrong and they go, yeah, it's true. You know, and when we're older, we have our egos that get in the way and we're like figuring out why we're not wrong because we had our husband for whatever it is that we did. And then literally, like we spoke tonight, you start putting in every day three things that your spouse needs and you consistently put it in and you keep the temperature in your house low. But the, I think the key is that recommitment to each other, that conversation with somebody who's able to guide you. So it's short attainable goals, consistency, and you have to have a hischivas. Those three things. Short attainable goals, consistency, and a hischivas. Hischivas is somebody who you're going to check in with every day to make sure that you're actually putting into your marriage what needs to be put in. If you have those three things and you do it for long enough, you'll usually see a drastic change. Take the mic, take the mic. They make sure it's on the bottom. work if both people are willing to put in like if one if one you're talking to a wall then you can't fix a broken marriage that's true but what i find is that usually usually a wall is also miserable so the wall is also usually wants to right the the wall wants to also be happy (laughs) so the wall doesn't just want you know holes from you know nails being driven into the into the wall the wall also wants to be painted and happy and smiley right but sometimes so, that person will think like no it's you it's you it's you no and problem. You, as much as you put in it's like no it's still you, you right know? so what what i see with a lot of couples is that when they come and sit down and i'm sure almost all therapists will agree with this they realize that it's usually two people right and if a person's willing to at least how do I say it? Like be machnia themselves to like a couple of sessions and sit down with somebody. Then they usually will realize what role they play in the marriage. And I'll, I'll just say, (laughs) I'll just say like this. I think that most people who sit down, let's call it, I think most marriages that struggle, most people, most of the time are really not malicious. They're really not bad people. They're good people. They just can't necessarily figure out how to meet each other's needs. But it's not like you're, you're evil, like you're Haman and you're Mordechai. You know what I'm saying? That's not what happens. It's not like these people are, they're not like coming in with a pitchfork and like being like, I'm out, I'm out for blood. Like I'm out to kill everybody. It's usually people who just don't realize that if, if you're not giving your spouse what they need, so then they're going to be miserable. So what was the word you call it? Disengage? Disassociate, like disassociation or apathy in a relationship is a killer. So they don't realize, like, what do you mean? I'm, a, I'm an amazing husband. You don't realize what I do for you. I work so hard all day for you. No, it doesn't work that way. You work so hard, but that doesn't mean that you gave your wife what she needs, right? Or the wife's like, what do you mean? I'm taking care of the kids all day. You don't hop what I'm doing for you. And he's like, yeah, true, you are, but you're not really giving me directly. Like, you're not really targeting me. Yes, you're giving the children what they need. And yes, I guess if my children are taken care of, then they're also happy. And I'm happy, I guess, in a certain way, in, in many ways. But that's not specifically targeting the person. And, and these are some of the skills that people need to, need to learn. So yes, you're right. A lot of times people go, oh, you're the problem. Probably, I would say 75% of people that reach out to me, they're always saying, like, wow, the other person's the problem. But then usually when we sit down, probably 95% realize that they're kind of part of, you know, part of the solution let me call it like that they realize like they, that they have a hand in the story a little bit more than they thought that they did again not because anybody's bad but because you just have to like realize within the storyline you know what i'm saying yeah okay anything else one more one more quick one anything else
just to clarify the person's question from before she wants to know what if it's the other spouse that can't meet your needs because because let's say they're sick or something like that not sick but they're limited oh they're the ones with the issues Okay, so a person who marries somebody... Okay, that's a very deep question. Okay, so somebody gets married and their spouse has something personal that they have going on in their life. And therefore... So my advice is that they truly support their spouse to get the help that they need to work through whatever issues they have. So meaning, let's say somebody gets into a marriage and they realize after they get married, my spouse went through a specific trauma without getting into any detail, right? Great. So sit down with your spouse. Say, listen, I love you. I care for you. You're amazing. You're great. You're so strong. You're so resilient. And I want to get the best out of you. And I know you want to get the best out of yourself also and out of life. So how am I going to do that? How are we going to do that? So let's let's agree. You'll start going to a therapist and I'll support you. And I, I will minimize my expectations of you. But I would like and I would hope and I, I would ask that you really continue along the path of 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 therapy of working through whatever it is that needs to be worked through you know a lot to me there's two there's two things that i i've spoken to so many rabbanim about this but two things that like consistently come up when it comes to marriage one is severity and the second is willingness to change those are two things that we look for when people are thinking of calling it quits or whatever it is severity and willingness to change. And for everybody else, for everybody it's different. Some people, things might seem severe, but they're not. And some people might not seem so severe, but to them it is. So that's one side. And the other thing is willingness to change. Is a person willing to change? And I, I can tell you, I've sat with so many couples where there was intense severity. We're talking really, really severe. But the willingness to change was also very, very there, like very present. And And that's an amazing thing to see where you have people go, like some, I've gotten emails. People say, "Hi, I am the world's worst husband, or I'm the worst wife. I'm clueless. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm destroying my family, but I'm willing to change. Like I'm willing to change. Just tell me what I need to do, and I will change." Those people are the most amazing people because they realize they're not malicious. They just don't have the skills. And then once they develop the skills, they're able to like actually bring about change. So if you could turn to your spouse and say, "Listen, the severity part." It's hard for me, obviously, and I know it's hard for you because you've been through something, so obviously it's a challenge. What I'm asking is, can we put the severity on the side and can we focus on the willingness to change? Meaning, can you be willing? I will support you. I will go with you. I will pay for it. I will drive you. Whatever it is, I will lower my expectations, but try as much as you can in a loving, caring way to get the person to commit to submitting themselves to somebody that can help them through whatever, whatever darkness it is that they're going through. And then what will happen to you? Your own needs will be met. And that's what I was saying before. That if if you if you focus on your own needs and you keep saying, you're not there for me. Oh, you're not, you're not, that's not gonna help this person give you more because they're incapable. But if you focus on giving them what they need, then ultimately they will reciprocate and you will get your needs met. If you don't do that and you just focus on your needs, oh, you're never there for me and you don't support me and you don't do they can. They can. So if, if that's your focus, you're going to be miserable. But if your focus is on them and making sure that they get what they need out of life, then there's a very strong probability that it will eventually come back to you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.